Welcome to the Galen Trombley Show. You can find me on Facebook at Galen Trombley, on Instagram at Galen Trombley, and on YouTube at Galen Trombley. Spelling G-A-E-L-A-N-T-R-O-M-B-L-E-Y. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the Galen Trombley Show. Um, okay, you ready? Yep. We're live now. You okay with that? Yes. Okay. <laughs> um, hey, everybody. This is episode 117 of the Galen Trombley Show, and... My guest today, I, you guys might have, you guys know her from the social media space. If you follow me, you've seen her. Um, and I told her, okay, so first off, it's Hannah Wilson. Hi. Welcome, <laughs> Hannah. Um, I told Hannah, I think when you first got into real estate, that I would bring you on this podcast when you got your license. Yeah. And you've had your license now. This is like a year. O- over? Is it a year? Yeah. A little over? Yeah. Probably. So. I'm within two years of getting her on, so she should have been on last year, just didn't happen. So um, so she's here, um, and Hannah works with us here at Kavanaugh Realty, so she's a licensed real estate salesperson. Um, but the one thing that I always think is really cool about Hannah is not just real estate. Obviously, I love real estate, and I'm glad that you're in it, but um, the fact that you're doing quite a bit of stuff for you know, a young professional, um, you just turned 21, 21. Okay. Which is still crazy to me. <laughs> so, um, cause I, okay. So when did we meet? Um, in August of 2009, it was 18, 18, 18. It's been a while. It's been over two years now, two and a half years. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. <laughs> um, so you're 21. Yes. Yeah, so you were what? 18, 19, 18, e- turning 19. Yes. I was turning 19. Which is crazy. So, um, so for people that don't know Hannah, introduce yourself. Okay. Kind of how you got to be twenty twenty one, Hannah Wilson. Okay. And then we'll go back and we'll tell the story about how we ended up meeting. Okay. Um. So I'm Hannah Wilson, and I grew up in Peru, New York. Um. I lived right next to the school, and kind of just um, lived life as living in like a neighborhood. Made some friends in my neighborhood, and they ended up still being my best friends today. Um, I, uh, went through high school. High school was kind of rough. Wasn't really good at team sports. I did better at like sports, like cross country, um, track. And, um, after that, I, I, uh, I remember trying to get into like figuring out what college I was going to go to. Um, I really liked art. I really liked, um, like kind of doing my own thing. I wasn't good at like what other, what high school wants you to be good at so like math and science and writing was so not good at that um and so I wanted to do something more like on the artsy side and more like for myself and um so I talked to my advisor about all the stuff that I did want to do and she recommend recommended me going into an entrepreneurship degree um and that Plattsburgh State was the only college really in this area that had an entrepreneurship degree and I had no like desire to really leave this town um because I felt like I if I wanted to accomplish something it didn't really matter where I was I could I could stay local stay home um so I ended up graduating in uh May of 2017 from high school and then um 
going on to Plattsburgh State, I was able to graduate in three and a half years. So I'm all done college now. Um, and I graduated with a marketing and entrepreneurship degree. So um, what and you said who, who the advisor got you into entrepreneurship? Yep. Where do you so actually wait, we'll go back because I'm jumping ahead here. Okay. How did we meet? Do you remember the story? Yes. <laughs> I want to hear your version of it because I'll tell you my version of it. Okay. And yeah. Okay. So my, my version of the story was, it was summer of 2018 and I was really interested in real estate. And I remember my first year of college, I was like already anxious wanting to get started in what I wanted to be doing. So I'd emailed a few, um, I'd reached out to a few agencies in the area nothing really ended up working. So I just kind of like let it go and was going to jump ahead in the, uh, in a year or so. So jump forward to summer of 2018. I was at a um, blueberry field with one of my college friends and we were picking blueberries and all of a sudden this crazy guy named um, Aaron Benner comes up to me. And he's like jumping around with a camera. He's like, hey, guys, I was wondering if I could film you guys picking blueberries today. Um, it's for Rolf's. We're promoting it. And I'm like, we were like literally just about to leave. And I was like, oh, uh, yeah, sure. So we said yes. And then he started videoing us. And he took a lot of interest in what we were doing at Plattsburgh State and where we came from and like what we wanted once we graduated um and for some reason this talk in this blueberry field got really serious and deep-hearted and just like he's telling us everything we're telling him everything and then I told him that I wanted to be in real estate he's like I know someone he's like can you do this for me can you contact this person for me and I was like yes <laughs> and <laughs> It was it was Galen Trombley. So I went on his Facebook. It literally never. <laughs> this sounds bad, but I never did hear of you. Wow, thanks, Anna. Yep. And I went on Facebook. I looked through his pictures, and I was like, oh, okay. So, um, like probably about a month later, I was sitting in his small office in the train station. That was it. <laughs> so okay. So my memory was, Aaron randomly told me. He goes, he calls me. He's like, hey. And I'm like, what's up, man? And he goes. I got, I got someone. I got someone. I'm like, well, yeah, what do you mean you got someone? And like, of course, like just like amped up, typical Benner. And uh, he's like, I saw this girl. We went, I was jamming with them, and they're picking blueberries. And she wanted to get into real estate, and she's a local kid, and she's like, goes to college, and she wants to get into real estate. I said, okay, great. I said, what do you want me to do? Do you want me to, do you have her contact you? I mean, do you want me to get a hold of her? He goes, no, 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 no. He goes, I gave her your stuff. I want to see if she reaches out. And I said, right, fair, because I don't – I. People, I mean, you know, I don't really go after other agents because I just like, if they want to work here, they'll reach out and they'll come work here. Like, I don't, I don't go like after people for the most part. It's just um, like situations like that. I'm like, well, her first step is if she's going to contact me. So I remember getting the hearing about you and I was like, well, I'm not going to reach out. If she calls, she calls or whatever, or emails. You emailed us the next day. Mm -hmm. And I think you, I think you emailed, I think it was me, maybe my dad. I don't know. It was someone you emailed us. And I remember sitting there and I'm like, okay, well, this is good because she did follow through on what Aaron said she was going to do, which already, um, I'm not a, uh, when it comes like to business, I don't, like, I'm not a resume guy. I don't really have, I went for sc to school for business, but a lot of the stuff I just go by like gut intuition. So my gut is always, if somebody wants to come on, their first step is they got to like initiate it. They got to reach out. And then they did something they were supposed to do, which was just, 
Aaron said that you were going to reach out. So I'm assuming, okay, she's going to reach out and you did, which I know is like a minor thing, but the fact that you did it, that you, one, you did it and the, uh, at the speed that you did it to me spoke volumes, meaning I didn't know who you were. Like, I don't know. I didn't know what you sounded like, looked like. I didn't know where you were from. I just knew you were, um, going to plastic state and obviously like blueberries. So, um, so I'm sitting there and you, you reached out and I think we had coordinated. I don't, was it a month? I don't even think it was that long. Yeah. I want to say it was like two weeks. Yeah. Something like that. It Cause was, you were like going to some CrossFit thing actually. Was I it? think, yeah, you were, oh, I was 18. Yeah. I probably went to the games that year. Yeah. Well, not, I, I watched folks. I was not <laughs> <In the games? laughs> let's, let's tone it down. I didn't do it. I didn't do anything physical. So, um, but, uh, yeah, maybe that was it. So you came, it was sometime in August we met mm-hmm. and then you, um, what was your first reaction? Cause you went to the old, yeah, you went to the old, uh, what Aaron calls the incubator, but like the little room <laughs> down below. Um, I was kind of, I was just surprised that he was working in an office in the basement of a train station and that he was doing real estate down there to be honest. Um, but did you think it was sketchy? It's not the basement. It's the bottom. Like, it's track side. There's like, like a couple of attorneys down there. There's Amtrak. It's like. <laughs> I was more so just wondering like who else is in this team. Because it was like I was always like kind of just meeting with you. So I was like, where is everybody else? <laughs> Fair. <laughs> um, but I, I was like surprised. But I, as soon as I got there, it, it was nothing like an interview. Like I didn't feel like you were like. I was like, is he going to like look at my resume? Like what is he going to ask me? But you didn't like. Did you bring a resume? I didn't. You didn't care. I was like, I put it on the piece of paper. He's like, yeah, we don't need that. I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like it. Yeah. And he, you you were just having like, like trying to meet me. And I was like also confused at how old you were. I was like, wait, how old is, is this person? Because you had like pictures of yourself being married, like on your, like in a frame. And I'm like, wait, this guy's married. He's so young. And then... I don't know. <laughs> Did I, well, I had a beard. It's been a while since I've shaved a beard, which makes me look look older. Um, wow, good. I So my compliment of the day is I look younger than I am, so that's good. Yeah. Um, so you were obviously kind of like, I, I guess the initial reaction was, is this like legitimate? Yeah. Or is this guy like, is this a front for some like drug ring or something? <laughs> I, w- I was confused, but then, but and I remember I just like went, home to my mom and she's like so like are you gonna start working there i was like mom i have no idea like i'm just gonna start (laughs) shadowing i guess (laughs) i i uh no i remember talking to you and i i go when i interview people i don't i don't really care what you've done it's more of like the person you are because i think everybody if they have the right mindset and attitude they can learn anything so it's like real estate's not Yes, is it better if you have experience? Sure, because you just kind of limit the learning curve a bit. But um, I look at someone, if they have a good attitude and seem like they're proactive and um, ambitious, then to me that speaks more volumes than if they had a 3.8 GPA at college. I, don't, I really don't care. Like mm-hmm. I, um, Yeah, I don't think I ever looked at I don't even Like I said, I didn't think you had a resume. Or I brought, brought it. You did not look at it. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that definitely sounds like me. So, uh, But yeah, usually when I have interviewed someone, I feel like I do 75% of the talking because mm-hmm. I like to put everything out on the table because I'm a very, I like to be very transparent. So if there's like a lot of, like I basically tell you everything. I'm like, this is what we're doing. This is what I want to do. This is everything I can te- I can think about, good, bad, ugly about real estate. I kind of just like try to scare you off and like, does that sound like interesting? You're like, yeah. I'm like, okay. Even the bad stuff, you're like, yeah, whatever. It's not that bad. So that kind of got me over the hump where I was like, okay. And obviously listening to you talk about what you wanted to do. And at a young age, obviously, like, you know, 
got me more interested because I'm like, okay, you reminded me a lot of myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I was talking to you, I was like, okay, this girl, one, I don't know how you were 18. Like you, you, one as an 18 year old, I don't know if I would have done what you did as eight, at 18, meaning mm-hmm. like go in, meet with somebody who you didn't know about a position that you were kind of like hesitant on. I say hesitant, but like you weren't, you know, you didn't know a lot about, um, and then to go in and say, Hey, I'm, I'm a kid in college and I want to do this and talking to you and you, you had more ambitions than just like getting a job. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was some of the things that even to this day is why I, you know, very, you know, I'm always very high on you and talking to like, very, to talk you up to a lot of people because it's, it's, you know, what you're doing, but also what I can see that you're going to do in your career. And your career is basically, I would say a year and a half old. It's not that, you know, mm-hmm. in the grand scheme of it, you're like in the very, very early stages, but, um, the mindset thing to me is important. Mm-hmm. So did you feel that you have that? Do you feel that you're someone that come natural to you? Do you find that, um, like, how did you fit in with friends in high school and college? Um, that's a good question. Like, you have friends, but I'm saying, like, what? how did you feel those friends were in relation to you from a mindset perspective? Um, I would say even in, in college, I think I, saw, I started seeing it a lot more. Um, people would... I mean, I like always had this schedule, like I would wake up, I would run, I would eat breakfast and I'd be dressed and like half my other friends would just be waking up. Mm -hmm. And I think it, I just feel like I have a lot of energy and I also like don't like to like waste time in the day. And a lot of my friends would be like, you really got your stuff together. And I'm like, I really don't feel like I have my stuff together. But I feel like I've also surrounded myself with older people for like my whole life. So being around people that that I look at that have their life together I'm like I don't have my life together compared to these people so I think like surrounding myself with older people kind of made me feel like I have to get to a certain point to So you compare yourself to older people? Yeah, probably. I didn't I I feel like I get a, um along with like people more like towards their 30s and older. Okay, so so did you ever find that sometimes your friends high school and college and, and again i don't talk because I, I had friends like this too that were buddies love like absolutely love them still great friends to this day or people that i went to school with but we i was i felt that i was more of an old soul than they were at times where mm-hmm. i felt that my mindset was accelerated not not accelerated like smarter but accelerated um year wise yeah and where I was, where I was thinking, because everybody has thoughts all day long and everybody thinks different things. Mm-hmm. I remember as a kid, um, really focusing college, um, late high school into college of like, you know, okay, what do I want to do? Kind of what do I want to do? Um, like going to college, like I stayed home and had scholarships and I applied to one school, which is Plattsburgh. And mm-hmm. I got in purely because I didn't want to spend money to go to college because I was worried as a. 18 year old kid about compounding interest on, on student loans, which you tell most <laughs> kids going into college, no they would have no clue what that is. No. And I'm looking at, it, I'm like, there's no way I'm paying money <laughs> to go to college. And, uh, so that was one of my things. Like I never had student loan debt. I mean, luckily my parents told me, Hey, we're going to give you X amount. You can mm-hmm. go to any school you want in the world. You're getting X amount per year. Yep. So I'm looking at that. I'm like, I'm going to Plattsburgh because that <laughs> is definitely under whatever you're you're willing to pay. So I'm like, I'm out. So luckily, I, I and partly I didn't want them to spend money on something I really didn't care about. Yeah. So I tried to get out as cheap as possible, and I I, I did it purposely not to have any student loan debt, and I yeah. wanted to save my parents money. Cause I'm like, I, I appreciate you 
saving money up for college. But if, if I'm not like dead set and going for something, which I wasn't, I'm like, it's just a natural step. Now, looking back, I probably, I would have done things differently, mm-hmm. um, knowing the knowledge I know now, but yeah, naturally I think, when you graduate college is like the next step. Yeah. I had some stages where I wanted to, I wish I had done things differently going into college. I had a thought that like I really wanted to like be a teacher for some reason. I was like, oh yeah, I want to. I, I wish I could have done that because like you can you can do real estate without a degree. So why didn't I go to school for like something I didn't need a degree? I don't know. So then I kind of like did a lot of thinking. I was like, well, I really don't want to go to school for the rest of my life and like have to literally be at school teaching people. So then I just kind of like settled in my mind that I'm like, well, for example, like Galen's my teacher and he doesn't sit in a school all day. So it's like I can still be a teacher without actually having a degree to be a teacher. And I can teach the people that want to learn what I have to offer one day. I've actually never heard you say it before. So <laughs> so this is why I think you're even more like me than I think. So my two things when I went to school was teaching or uh, business. That was oh. it. It was teaching and business. So I went to school. The reason my mom's a teacher, my dad was in real estate. So I just, my whole life I was exposed to teaching and business. Mm-hmm. I wasn't exposed to, and I think a lot of it is kind of what the the culture you grew up in. Like my, I just, I just knew what my parents did. I didn't yeah. like, like I had no clue what your, like your dad, that would not have been anything I'd want to do because I just didn't know about the position or, or the job. Yep. You, on the other hand, that might've been something in your radar because you were more exposed to it. So I go to college teaching or business but I went undecided pretty much because I was undecided between the two and the only reason I didn't go into teaching was because it was too restrictive Mm -hmm. and restrictive on my time restrictive on my um, capacity to um, uh, make money on my capacity to um, and not and again I don't want to say in a selfish way meaning money but the idea was I, there was stuff I was limited to as a teacher mm-hmm. where if I went into business, I still could teach. Yeah. And I, I looked at that. I'm like, I can still, I don't necessarily like to teach in a school. I just like to give back and help people. Mm-hmm. And I got a taste of that with coaching. So I coached soccer either as an assistant or as a head coach um, of, a, of a varsity or JV team, J- JV assistant, varsity head, or sorry, varsity head coach, JV assistant, or no. Varsity assistant, JV head coach, <laughs> uh, tongue tire. So um, that allowed me to teach kids. And then um, while also doing real estate. And now I find that it's full circle that now it's like I can now look at someone like you as a, I say a student, but like as a mentee mm-hmm. and show you what I've learned, which is a teaching aspect. But I'd rather teach this than teach yeah. math. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, with you saying that, it's funny because that was exactly my, my thought process. Now, I didn't have the idea of... Like looking back now, I'm like, oh, it would have been great just to get into real estate at 18 and not do my college. Well, I didn't want, I didn't want to get into real estate until I was like 20. Yeah. So really, I was two years into college before I decided I wanted to do real estate. So that was the only difference. You decided to get in real estate sooner than I did. Mm-hmm. And where do you think real estate came into play? Like, why do you think real estate jumped out at you? Oh well, it's funny. Um, <laughs> when I was a kid, I was super sassy, and I'm still kind of sassy. But my dad had. My I think my parents had a big role, obviously, in, in t- 
totally into the person that I am today, but they blocked Nickelodeon and Disney Channel from my TV in my bedroom. So I couldn't go on those channels. So the only thing I could watch was HGTV. And so I was obsessed with House Hunters. And um, yeah. And so uh, one day it was like, it was in the, during the winter, I mean, my mom and dad were going for a ride, like in Osable Point. And my dad was like, I was like really stressed out. I was like, I don't know what do I want to be when I grow up. And he was like, well, you like houses. I was like, yeah, everybody likes houses. And he was like, well, you could be a real estate agent. I'm like, I honestly didn't even know that was a job. I'm like a real estate agent. And he was like, yeah. So like ever since then, I looked, I looked up like, how do I get into that? And I was like in high school. So it started like very young and I was kind of like, I don't know. I had very little knowledge and expectations of what it was actually like to be a real estate agent. I'm like, do you get paid? Like, do you get a paycheck every week? Like, how does this thing work? But I ended up learning about it. (laughs) So it was just kind of like HDTV. Yeah. Yeah. I find that real estate is one of those... um, I always call it like a sexy industry because people like houses. They like, like, They like knowing stuff. It's like a very... Who lives there? What is that house worth? Is my house worth more than that house? If I put... If I decorate this, does it add value? And I find that um, a lot of people, if you're not into real estate, you like real estate. And you go down the road and the amount of people I run into, like, oh, I've always wanted to be a realtor. And like I, a lot of people always want to be a realtor. And I always say it's it's the thing you got to look at for real estate, and you're learning this now, is that real estate is not like the, the highlight reel on Instagram that you see. And I try to keep it like fairly real on my thing. I don't try to like fluff what I do. Um, but like perfect example, it's like if you go on to like HDTV and there's people on HDTV and they're showing people the house and that's so scripted. Like yeah. that is not, trust me, they, they have cameras set up, they go into the house, all of a sudden they're looking at three houses, make a decision. I'm like yeah. that's not, that's not really what happens. I mean, it, it is in theory, mm-hmm. the production level to make that all happen is completely canned. It's like, you know, that this is all staged. Those, I'll be honest, probably not even real buyers or if they are one of the houses they're going into, they've already committed to purchasing. You know what I mean? Like it's, I'm, I'm very skeptical on that process. So I kind of, I'm always letting people like know that looking at homes and like making a decision, like that's the home we're going to buy. Um, everybody loves that because everybody's on cloud nine when they get their offer accepted. The problem with real estate, there's two things. When you have a client and showing them houses and buying a home, that is the easiest part of real estate. Mm-hmm. The hardest part is one, getting clients or getting your name out there so people want to work with you because that takes a long time. That takes years to build up. And then on the end is once you go under contract, as you know, it's like an eight-week shit show of all the stuff that <laughs> could put – like if you go under contract, everybody is pumped. <laughs> we got our offer accepted. There's no point in the closing process where they're going to get more elated than that moment. So you, I always find that the closing process, and I try to tell clients this and, and try to prepare them, is like we're at like the top of like your excitement level. I'm just hoping that we just don't go too much lower by the time you get in the home. And not because they don't want the home, but there's a lot of moving parts. I get it. People's lives and, and people get stressed out easy and, and um there's a lot of moving parts and a lot of communication. There can be miscommunication and it's trying to juggle everything to get it to closing. Mm-hmm. So the point is at closing, they're still excited for the house and they still don't hate everybody involved. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, cause I always tell again, clients, it's like everybody involved in real estate 
wants you to close. Yeah. Half of us don't get paid unless you close. Like everybody wants you to close. The I mean, even if the seller's having a problem, like, dude, you want to close. Like yeah. you want to sell and they want to buy. Like we're all, the funny thing with real estate and why under, I don't understand why people get in to like arguments and, and, and all these problems in real estate and make, and make basically make like mountains out of little like ant hole or ant. Yeah. Ant hole. Ant. What are those called? Ant hills. Ant hills. Ant hole. Ant, making mountains out of ant hills is that we all want the same. We all want the same goal. Mm -hmm. Like we're all, and again, big picture. We want to close on this. So why are we arguing over like a, a two hundred dollar, you know, water test? <laughs> and people like will threaten to walk away on that. I'm like, are you like really? You're really gonna do that? Like, go ahead. I call your bluff. Like it's. I just find that people get outrageous and they watch too much. Um, uh, these real estate shows that are very dr dramatized. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that if you're getting into real estate, you have to realize there's more to it than like the glamorous stuff that you see and more to it than like, Oh, I'm just going to drink coffee and show clients houses. Like they don't see you like running around, like talking to clients. I had a client today, like client today had a call, obviously not the best conversation you want to have a client, but like, I'm not putting that on Instagram that yeah. like, Oh, this was great. This person was <laughs> mad and we had to like try to resolve it. And it was fine. It ended up, the conversation ended up good, but it obviously was like a weird reason why it happened. But like, you like there's stuff that, people just don't see yeah there's a lot <laughs> so what what like what's your i guess from your expectation level of getting into real estate to what the reality is what's what's what you expected and what's way different well i guess i didn't really have too many expectations i think i think one thing that was better than my expectation is like, I don't feel like I'm doing this alone. And that's partly because Nicole at our office, mm -hmm. like I don't, I don't feel alone through any of the process. Like I know I can call and ask anyone a question. Um, and also like, I never feel really like, I feel like every time I, I don't know the answer to something, then the next time, and I then I learn it after I don't know the answer to it, then the next time I'm like asked about it, I feel like so much more confident mm -hmm. to answer the question and to help people. And I think I've seen myself grow like a lot more than I expected in one year. Because I remember at the beginning of my first year last year, I was obviously not too confident in myself. And like now I feel much more better in myself. Well, the, the idea is that every time that you learn something, like yeah. you said, you check it off and say, I know it. Mm -hmm. And there's, and I had a conversation today. It was another agent that we have coming on. I was training with him. And I said yesterday or two days ago, I was at a house and I go, the house was on a river. So in my head, like, do you have flood insurance? Mm -hmm. Because it like, that's something that people want to know. Cause it's like an extra, extra expense that they're probably not expecting. And like, yeah, actually we do. And, and. If I was my first year, I'm not asking if they have flood insurance. I don't mm -hmm. know to ask them that. Like, there's questions that you don't know to ask. And then as you become, and, and that's just, a, I mean, that's a very small, minor example. But that's the idea that you're going to learn these little things every year. Mm -hmm. Now, in your first year, you did how much, how many sales? Um, I did six, six sales. So, yeah. So, okay. So, 2020. I look at that as you did six sales during a pandemic where really you couldn't do much for three months yeah. and then, or two and a half, whatever it was, two and a half, three months. Um, and then also starting from scratch because as anybody knows, the hardest thing to do is start with no momentum. Mm -hmm. The good thing is you had chatted for about a year. So you were, you had chatted, you went to some appointments with me. So you had a little bit of expectation level, I guess, yeah. but 
um, to go from like no clients to six deals at the end of year one, I think is great. And I'll be honest, a lot of those were stuff I think that you earned a little mm-hmm. bit more than, you know, we. I always tell people, I, I try to te- teach you how to fish, not give you a fish because mm-hmm. I want to make sure that you are self-sufficient in this. Cause I know that's to be, a, to me, to be a good agent, you have to be resourceful by yourself. You can't just like have your hand out and expect that someone's going to do it for you. So that's why I'm always, where some people might think like, well, I didn't do as much as this person. I'm like, well, you just, just wait, like you will, because <laughs> you're learning the basics and you're learning how to become an actual agent that can go out and proactively grow your business. Yeah. And that's, and I definitely, I see the momentum now. Cause I remember last year when we had talked and everything and like, Okay, January started, nothing happened January. February, nothing happened in February. But then, like, now it's January of 2021, and everybody that wasn't going to buy this summer, like, now is going to buy, or last summer, now they're going to buy this summer. So it's like I have a lot more momentum, and this is only the second year. So it's really I only have, like, one year of momentum, and it's, like, double what I had, obviously, last year. So... The snowball effect that I always yeah. talk about. Um, actually, give me the definition. I want to hear what you, your, your definition of the snowball effect. Uh, this, well, um, do I have a definition for the snowball I mean, effect? I what, mean, what is it? You don't have to like, oh. give me a, like a, 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 a Webster Dictionary <laughs> well, version. But like, but okay. what, is it, what does it stand for? Like, what does it mean? Um, it, it just basically is like as uh, you get more clients in like a pipeline, then like you kind of keep gaining more and more rolling yeah rolling down. well the snowball effect so you take a snowflake which is small yeah. and you roll it and it seems in, insignificant but if you do that over years and years and years you have a snowball yeah and then you do it again that snowball has more surface area which means you're compoundly getting bigger every time you roll the snowball mm-hmm. so i say i this is my 11th year of rolling a snowball yeah. you're in year two yeah <laughs> so and, and and again i did my first year i did three sales and so you already double what I did in year one. And um, I, I really don't think that you're going to be, you're going to be well beyond numbers I was doing when I was getting, like, it won't even be close. And you're younger than me. You're, you're probably, you're about a year, you're 18 months younger yeah. than I was when I got in. So um, I think, I, I think I told you when you turned 21, right after you turned 21, I said, Hannah, I said, you literally just turned 21. <laughs> I started, like, I started first day, showed up, didn't know what to do. <laughs> like, you at least have been chattling for a year and were already almost nine months or 10 months, no, or yeah. 11 months into it at that point. Yep. So I was like, you're so far ahead of me. That's, it's not even, it's not even comparable. You're going to blow me out of the water. But um, what is your favorite thing about real estate right now? Definitely the flexible time. Like, mm-hmm. the thing is, I'm still super young and there's like a lot of things I want to do. Like, I mean, for example, my friends wanted to go skiing for the first time. I went skiing like a month ago and I was able to go like a Wednesday throughout the week and it was fine. Like there was no, I have to take off work. So I like really appreciate. And also, so the other thing that I really like about real estate is um, like it, because like you're so when you start out, like there's no way you could possibly live on six deals really. I mean, Mm -hmm. you could, but you'd probably have to live with your parents or whatever, which is fine. But so it kind of like pushes you into other things that you want to do too. So like I have another job at Anthony's and then I also started um, a business woodland art making art. So it was like, I was able to do other things so I, so I can actually do real estate as well, which I like about, the job 
Yeah, and, and like you said, when you get in six deals, you're not making a living off six deals, especially not six deals in, in Clinton County, New York. So, um, and that was, I mean, I lived at home, and I think my first year I made, I was actually pumped. I did three <laughs> deals. I made the same amount of money as I did at the ice cream shop the year prior, and I probably worked one hundredth of the hours yeah. that I did um, for the same amount. And I'm like, I didn't make any much more. I mean, I made the same amount of money. But the whole idea was I just had all this extra free time, which, yeah. of course, as a 20-year-old, I wasn't a 21-year-old. When we talk about being proactive, I wasn't a very proactive agent for the first few years of my life until I like got into like my mid-20s. Like, okay, now i got to like step up. Um, but, yeah, there, there's a benefit to you know being proactive and, and you know, learning from that. And the fact that, again, now talk about the th- – talk about like how you – merge all that together because you got real estate you have anthony's and you have woodland art yeah it's hard. so without going into woodland art kind of we'll, we'll talk about that after but just go into like how do you how do you manage your day because you do have flexibility in real estate yeah um anthony's is probably your strictest yeah. one because someone's telling you to be there at a certain time yeah um but then and then woodland art is kind of a, a side hustle that you do on your own time but mm-hmm. that obviously takes away from other things yeah um kind of how i i I don't know. Sometimes I really don't do the jo- the best job at blending everything together, but really, I guess how I do it is I kind of like this. You probably don't want to hear this, but I kind of like lump everything into one day and like, you know, like I literally will not look like, I don't know. I get really stressed out from like emails and stuff, which is like so Gen Z or whatever Gen I am, but I don't like looking at emails. Um, <laughs> So I like avoid all of that for like one for like a couple days. But then there's like one day where I like hyper focus on everything. So I'm trying to like get more mature and like a work schedule and try and do it every day. But I kind of really just like lump everything into one. Okay, that's that's fine. I mean, I, I. I can't get away with that, but that's yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. There's gonna be a, there's gonna be a day where I can't get away. As I say, probably soon that. you'll you'll yeah. end up. Um, well, I think I think you got to batch it with, you know, what you do each day. It's just time blocking. Yeah, it's just saying okay, I'm gonna sit down for two hours, and it's gonna be, I don't know, on a weekday ten to noon is when I'm gonna do all my correspondence. I'm gonna call people, return emails, and then obviously if stuff comes back through the day, you take care yeah. of it. But you know what you don't want to do is you know, sit at a computer all day and just like wait for stuff to come to you. Mm-hmm. So it's like go in, do all the stuff, like rip through what you have to get done and then spend the, the afternoon just working on Woodland Art for four or five hours and then check some messages and then go to Anthony's. Like you can you can block it. And I think the focus, the focus is hard for me because mm-hmm. I never stop thinking about the business. So I have a hard time relaxing. Yeah. Do you find that you have an easy time shutting everything off or do you find that everything just blends together and is just constantly racing through your head? Yeah, I don't have an easy time shutting everything off at all. Like, I mean... Do, do you get anxiety thinking that you have to get stuff done? Um, yeah, I don't know. Not not too much, actually. I, I, know of, I know that I'm going to get it done, but when stuff gets piled on my plate and people have like expectations of something that you're you have to do then then i get stressed yeah do you is it stress meaning um like you get overwhelmed with real estate transactions or overwhelmed with orders for woodland art yeah. I, I wouldn't think Ant, 
Anthony's got to be the easiest because you yeah. show up, you do it, and you, you clock out and you don't care. Yeah. Like literally if there's a, a spill on the floor and it's you just walked out the door, it's not your problem. <laughs> yeah. None of that, but I'm saying like yeah. that's, that's a shift. That's like your, that's a nine, whatever the hourly thing is where I'm constantly like if someone spilt something on our floor here, mm-hmm. all hours of the day, I could be thinking about it. Not This is metaphorically, yeah. but if there's a problem with something, it's always on because I just never shut this off because mm-hmm. like you're running the whole thing. Which I love, but it's hard for me just to completely check out. Yeah. I feel like I'm used to juggling three or four things at once. And when I'm not juggling three or four things, then I get bored and I pick up another ball and start juggling it. So I get I get bored easy. So it's like I've been dealing with juggling things for so long that, I don't know, it doesn't really phase me. But I think I want to get to a point in the next 10 years where I just juggle two things. But then there's gonna be something else, like a family or something. So I don't well, know. Yeah, family's <laughs> a big ball to juggle. Um, so like, well, yeah. So I, I, the difference between me and you, this is like one of the only things is that you are starting. Like, I never had another job in real estate, not because I was like bawling out. Yeah. It was just because I lived at home. Like I didn't. Real estate covered my living expenses. Um, so I had the luxury of just doing that, but I wasn't proactive really in growing it. As I've started to grow it, things happen. And I always say it's always good things. If you're, The busier I am, it means things are happening. I'm generating things. Right now, we're hitting, a, we're hitting a wall where I always say, like, my bandwidth is only so much. And I'm now trying to leverage my time. Like, Nicole helps my closings. Nick helps pretty much everything else. You're starting to help me with, with showings. And it's like, how can I put more focus on the company and not necessarily try to do, you know, 50 showings a week. I'm, I've never yeah. done 50 in a week, but you get the idea. Like, how do I, you know, how can I still help out? But where am I best suited to help out? So I'm trying to yeah. allocate my time to where I really make a difference. Mm-hmm. And that's why I'm bringing people on to help me leverage. So um, I can take what I learn and just really focus on the, the things that I know I can have a direct impact on. Mm-hmm. There's things, I mean, as you know, in real estate, and you can already tell there's certain things that you do day to day in your real estate business that you can do right now because one, you have time mm-hmm. and the other things you don't necessarily have the money to hire it out. And that yeah. was something I've always struggled with. Now I've gotten to the point, my time is sucked but so much, but I have a little bit more, um, I'm able to kind of hire certain things out, which now leverage me back my time. Yeah. And I knew that was going to happen, but it's it's now when it's like, I'm, I've hit a wall the last few months and that's what i'm really trying to like trying to focus on is trying to maximize my time during the day because when you talk about juggling balls i juggle the company which the company's got a bunch of little balls you're juggling which is like me and my sales which is great and i love that part but me and training with agents me and just running the stuff of the company me helping with the marketing me helping with operations it's like I wear a lot of hats within the company. And then my other ball is the family. So like mm-hmm. those are the only two. So I don't really have time for, I'm, I'm pretty selfish with my time. Meaning if it doesn't go into one of those two categories, it's probably not happening. And with the exception that I do try to do something once a week, whether it be golf or whether it be uh, skiing, just to mentally, skiing is actually every other week. So I really don't do it every week, but I try maybe every week or every other week to do something where it's like for yourself. And yeah. Like. And again, it's tough. Cause I, I feel like I, I have a, 
I get anxiety about like going skiing. I get anxiety like, man, should I go skiing tomorrow? And instead of getting like, I'll get into the office for noon instead of getting here for like seven thirty, eight o'clock. Well, am I? Should I use that time for other stuff? And I have to like talk to myself. But like, it's fine. You can go do something and yeah. not just work all day long. And I like working all day long because, and I think about it, it's why I'm skiing. But it's still nice to like get out in fresh air and like try to take my mind off certain things. And that's mm-hmm. kind of what golf does. But still, same thing. Golf. I think about work too much. My golf. But <laughs> um, do you do anything that's fun that takes away from that? Yeah, the work. I would say it's probably either spending time with my family, my sister. Or like going on a run, just hanging around people that I enjoy is like my complete downtime. Um, like normally if I if I go to my sister's house, it's, it's like I won't like really think about anything else. I just like hang out with her cats and her for like an hour or something. And then like I'm good. <laughs> uh, so because now on top of that, when you do... Well, I th- some people I don't think realize when you run like a small business, like Woodland Arts is a small business. So you guys yeah. run that. That's something you and your dad are doing. Um, Kavanaugh, real estate's weird because even though you're part of a company, you kind of are your own small business. Yeah. And which is like if like when you talk about like entrepreneurship, like real estate is probably one of the best things to go into for entrepreneurship. Yeah. Um, but between the two, what have you found beyond what normal people would think in real estate? Like what do you do? for real estate that you don't think people realize you do and what is stuff for like woodland art that people maybe don't realize that you do um because I'm, I'm guessing people are like oh you show homes yeah and then for woodland art like oh you just make wood like <laughs> wood designs and and yeah. and yeah like uh whatever and so what are two things you think people don't see okay i would say for woodland art two things people don't see oh well, actually one thing people don't see is when you're trying to staple something into a piece of wood and you staple your finger and it's painful and then you also have to somehow stop your bleeding finger also while getting the staple out of the piece of wood and not and, dripping on the and paper. not dripping your blood all over the artwork um so that's one thing people really don't see also people don't see me actually going to Lowe's and having to like I, I, when I do orders, they're custom orders, and then once the order is complete, then people pay for it. But I actually like, I mean, I don't have like a business card or like a Lowe's card or anything like that. So it's like really all my own money that I spend on like materials, and people don't see the fact that I have to like every, and I love it, but every Saturday and Sunday, it's like I have no Saturday and Sunday because I go work in a garage with my dad. People don't see that it's like freaking freezing in my garage. Um, And we have to do two propane, two kerosene tanks just to heat it up for the day. And I mean, it gets really frustrating. They don't see, yeah, all of the staples and nails that are just like totally wasted because you missed what you were trying to shoot into. Well, well, yeah, and I, so I was, Woodland Art was going into the small business part of like, people don't see you go to Lowe's, they don't see you planning out the designs, they don't yeah. see you designing the graphics, they don't, they don't see you um, taking payment from people, yeah. they don't see you tracking your receipts because of like tax purposes, they don't see you um, doing 
you know the the graphic designs and the and the content creation creation around trying to promote the business. They yeah. don't see your website. They I'm saying like they don't see all the back end stuff. Everybody just sees like these boards. Like oh Hannah just like shows up and like Take pulls them. out the Lego kit and just puts them together and then sells them. <laughs> like it's there's more to it than just randomly. Um, that's why I always think like whatever you think of in a small business, take that and probably triple it because you don't even know that stuff exists that we do or any company does. That's why I'm like people that run a small business are, are probably the most capable to handle anything. Cause there's a, cause there's, there's so many things. There's so many ways you get pulled in a day. And especially if you're in a small business and there's only so many levels of people, mm-hmm. like usually your owner could be the front person or if they're not, they're like the person managing the company and doing all the orders. And they're not, you know, they're not corporate companies where you have people that are layers and layers and layers or levels up that you never, never see. And they don't care about the the spill on the floor. Yeah. When you're a business owner, like get to stop what you're doing, fix that, then go back, redo your order. Somebody comes in, you talk to them and it's like this never ending cycle. Yeah. Do you find that that happens with Woodland Art? Um, Yes. It, I mean, I basically had to learn how to use every tool inside of a garage. So yeah, there was like a lot of, a lot of like learning curves and we did a cool video the other day when you were like assembling. Yeah. That was a neat, I, I watched it. That was, I mean, it was quick. It was like a sped up version, but it was pretty cool. Yeah. I disputed up a lot, but yeah, I've, I feel like I really liked that. I learned how, cause I, I really liked that. I learned how to use most things in a garage. Um, and I'm thankful that my dad is like, my dad's also, he's a big part of it. I mean, he, he's a, he's a teacher that doesn't like to like describe what he's doing as he's doing it. It's more just like be quiet and watch him so that the next time when you do it, you better do it right. Or he's going to yell at you. So, so that, that was also interesting. So I'm like learning how to learn off of him, which he has taught me a lot, but basically it's just me. Like if we're in the garage together, it's just me standing watching him and then he'll leave and I'll do exactly what he just did without him in the room. But yeah, so it's... Like how do you guys come up with the designs? Because you just came up <clears throat> with the flags or the new thing. Yep. Um, so like do you f- find inspiration from something and then kind of figure out how you can do it? Um, yeah, we really have no problem with coming up on with how we're going to put something together i mean we did like a frame the other day out of a of, out of a log of wood oh yeah saw that it was really nice yep um and that was like kind of my idea but normally we'll like well I, I have like a vision for something and then like i'll quickly like show him a picture or like something that i drew and he's like yep we can do that so my dad's like really good at knowing how to put things together and i'm good at like imagining what it's gonna look like and most of the time i get every like if I see it, then he, we can do it. <laughs> so he, you're, you're kind of more of the visionary. He yeah. might be more of the, I mean, he's got some vision, but he's like more of the architect. Yeah. And then you ended up taking that and then you turn it into the marketing and the, yeah. the, the PR part of it and yep. putting it out so people know about it. I, Cause I have not seen Jake do TikTok yet. He's, he's probably not gonna, he, he gets it. He gets, <laughs> he gets annoyed when I bring out my camera in the garage. So I don't really do really? it when he's, yeah. He's like, I gotta, Put that I gotta away. get more Jake on the gram. Um, <laughs> No, but I think it's I think it's pretty cool, and I think the fact that you're trying to do this at, at um, you know, as a young young professional, a lot of people at the young age just don't do that kind of stuff. Like I find that um, one, they don't know how, or they don't have the ambition. Yeah, because you're still at the age 21. I mean, a lot of kids your age is. I mean, right now, I guess COVID bars are shut down, but like people have other things on their mind than let me yeah. start this business and let me work all day on Saturday and Sunday when I can hang out with my friends. And you're like, well, that's my time to go do work. Like I, that's 
based on my schedule, that's the time I time block for that stuff. Yeah, and the, the tools in a garage are super expensive and there's a lot of them. And the more the more tools that you have, the easier it is. Like if you're if you try to do everything with a table saw, like it's it's gonna take you all day. But like the more tools that you build up in your garage, it it makes it easier. And when you know actually how to use them and everything like that like it's a lot easier to do than so you don't you don't use uh the the uh table saw when you should be using a jigsaw I w- <laughs> imagine that just <laughs> <laughs> all these big just like cuts all in the whole thing yeah um no so i, I think that it's it's a cool thing and i think that people are starting to follow it the other thing going piggybacking off of that going in the real estate is the mm-hmm. stuff they don't see and i know you do it because i stuff i i did a lot um you know, not as much last couple years, but definitely before that was like when you're doing like content creation yeah. and like figuring out how to do it and then the editing and then yeah. the like any, the videos are the easiest part, but if mm-hmm. you want to make it look good and edit it, yeah. like editing takes time. And I don't think people realize when you look at like a, as crazy as it sounds, a TikTok video of you doing something, you didn't do that in five minutes. No. Like I bet you, you took a couple hours to make that video. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. even though it might only be. 20 seconds i'm sure you had a decent oh the full-time invested i bet you was close to two hours on all those videos yeah and then like throughout the day you spend time like looking at it and also people respond you spend time like responding and mm-hmm. so uh, yeah with real estate the things people don't see is is definitely like the amount of takes that it that you take to put like a video together or like that <clears throat> like a lot of the time i do uh like look stuff off of my on my computer like on different websites to kind of see what type of information I should put out. Um, I mean, I spent like an hour today looking at, I I like to like do monthly housing reports on Peru, Mm -hmm. like uh, with active pending and closed listings. So it's like you have to go through like probably like 60 homes, look at all of them and then get a, I don't know, I get like an average sold price, average listing price. And then like you actually have to film the video of you talking about it. So and then think of a way that it's actually going to who's going to listen to it and what's the easiest way that they're going to see it. <laughs> like distribute it. Yeah. Um, do you find do you do you spend a lot of time learning marketing or trying to stay up to up to um, up to speed on like the trends? Yeah, but I would really just say it, I just kind of like. I'll just like think about it in my head of what the best way of putting it out is. And I just kind of go with that. And I also like consider what is easier. What's And I, I don't know. I don't have like a bunch of editing software on my computer. So it's just like I kind of just use what I have. When you're kind of like limited on stuff, you just do mm-hmm. what you have and it's fine. <laughs> yeah. Before you get all bougie and get yeah. all the, the trinkets. Yep. Actually, I saw a quote the other day. They said um, the more I think something along the the lines of the more equipment you have the less you actually create yeah which meaning that you almost have too much options where like a lot of times people overthink it and it's like your phone is phenomenal mm-hmm. and i use my phone i mean part of the reason i don't use my phone anymore for videos is because the um it's easier to upload from the camera with the sd card yeah otherwise you're airdropping or like it just it takes yeah. longer to load and um and especially when we're doing like video footage and stuff i don't need to have my camera there because mm-hmm. like something like even if i put my phone on um you know do not disturb and something something happens and it comes through that could cut your video off yeah i've had that happen before i'm doing a video and a call comes through I'm like what the heck? Like, i know yeah that happens to me i'm like so i used to put it on airplane mode but i would still get like notifications popping up and i'm like okay like yeah. so there's 
but yeah, I, your phone nowadays, if you have any type of smartphone, your, your phone can take really good video yeah. and footage. And I think people overthink it. And I'm trying to get used to like basic things like light, not even like the, the, the spotlights and stuff I have, but simply like natural light. Mm-hmm. Like don't take a photo when your subject is standing where you're facing the, the light. Yeah. Have it at your back. Let them, squ- I mean, you don't want them to squint, do a little bit off a little bit, but yep. it brightens them up. That's why, like when people come here, I'm like, let me get a photo of you. Sometimes I'll do this photo because it's fine because we have the sun coming yeah. in. But there's times too where like I'll stand up, like I'll be at my phone and they'll stand up and they'll come like stand right there. I'm like, yeah. no, 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 no. I can't take, there. you're going to look at a shadow because yeah. I got light coming over. So it's like learning, it's learning basics like that that can go far, but that's not, doesn't cost you money. That just costs you a couple Google, you know, yep. or YouTube searches. Um, is that where you do most of your learning? YouTube? Mm. Google, YouTube? Or do you read stuff? Like where do you... Where do you consume like your knowledge of information? I don't know. Probably just from other people. Yeah. Not not Most really from looking it up. But I mean, one quote that I that I saw in, in twenty twenty was the when you're limited on resources is is when you start to become like more creative. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that like we all kind of experienced in twenty twenty. So that's like kind of goes into what you were saying with like the using your camera or your phone and like what makes you more creative. Well, it's, it's like the idea if you, um, say you're in a waiting room. Okay. And you're, I say waiting room. You're, you're somewhere where you're, yeah, say you're in a waiting room. You're in a random waiting room. And this, this is probably going to date myself a little bit, but I remember when you're a kid and like going to the doctor's. There was nothing to do. And I'm, I'm saying I'm, I'm at the age, I'm between 12 and 18 years old. I'm past the age where you're not going to play with the kid toys over in the corner. So you show up and you have to either bring a book to read or you read one of the random magazines they have lying yeah. around. And the reason being is you were limited. You didn't have anything to do. Now you have your phone. You have anything. Yeah. You, if you have a phone and, he- and the headset yeah. and you're in a waiting room, you have a TV. Yeah. You have a computer. You have everything you need. That when I go to the waiting room, I'm just on my phone because I can do stuff. It's like, to me, it's like a quiet time that I can just get some work done. When I was a kid, we talk about limited, like a book's a book. Yeah. Like, you can only read it. Like a magazine's a magazine. You look at the photos, but when they got like a daytime soap opera on and they got the kids' toys, I'm like, I literally have a magazine. I'll read like a Sports Illustrated magazine or Time magazine, or I read a book that I brought with me. But that just, just factors in like what the limited stuff that you can do when you have the least amount of stuff, like having a book is limited. Like you can only read it. I gave you a phone. So I think it's kind of that same analogy, Yep. which is good because then you focus and then you read the book where if I gave you a phone and a book, you would never read that no, book. You wouldn't read the book. You would just sit there and look at the phone. You would actually, I would like me, you'd probably go Wikipedia, the book and just read the plot <laughs> on the Wikipedia or synopsis and cheat. Um, did you ever, ha- did you ever, I'm trying to think cause I'm not old. Hannah, you said I was young, so I'm going to say I'm young, but mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm, I'm a decade older than you. So I'm trying to find out like when you went to school, like 2016, 15, 16, 17, like you were in high school blows my mind because you guys just had like everything. <laughs> like what was called, what was high school like for you guys with, cause I know it sounds crazy, but I didn't have a cell phone in high, high school. I had a cell phone my senior year. Yeah. I think honestly, in my opinion, it was I, a flip phone. It wasn't very good. <laughs> I think everything like evolved perfectly for the I mean, I'm sure everybody thinks everything evolved perfectly for them. But for me, like, I feel like by the time we were like in sixth grade or whatever, like phones came out. And I feel like that in my head, I'm like, that's the proper age to get a phone. Just, At sixth grade. 
Yeah. Okay. Is that not? What? Because you, you think it's different. You probably think you should be older or something. No, I my, my kids are young. They don't have phones yet. But Well, yeah, they shouldn't. Well, <laughs> In sixth grade, they're not in sixth grade. No, like, I, I would think my kids would probably have, I would say a phone that they can at least call on probably around that time. Yeah. And then I would say a phone that can do all the stuff my phone can do. A little bit older than that, yeah. like meaning like probably closer to the end of high school. Yeah. Now, I'm not too concerned with like, the phone is good. It's a tool. I use it all the time. Like mm-hmm. I, I'm one, I'm, people say you're addicted to your phone. Like I'm oddly not addicted to my phone. Really? Not even close. If I didn't have to use my phone, I don't know if I'd be on social media if I didn't have to use my phone. Hmm. Like if you were like Galen, you, you work a job, you don't need social media to like run the company yeah. and do stuff. Um, I don't know how often I would check social media. Mm-hmm. I would probably watch like YouTube and stuff because I'm curious to learn, but just to like go through and um, catch up on things. I don't, I don't consume a lot of social media mm-hmm. unless I'm bored and bored meaning like I show up to an appointment early and yeah. I have nothing to do. Cause I'm like, I, I have like 10 minutes. I really can't do much. Yep. And even in that time, I'm, I'm usually grabbing something out of my file. Cause I always have like a magazine or a book or an article and I read through it. I very rarely just scroll through Instagram mm-hmm. And I see your stuff. I see Courtney and Ellie and, you know, something from our company or, or some of my close friends. I'll see their stuff pop up because they're like the mm-hmm. most a- interactive. I probably only go down like four or five photos yeah. and I'm done. So I don't, and I don't post a lot that I usually post and I'm out. <laughs> like I'll post something, I leave, I do my work, I come back, I see notifications and I follow up with the notifications, but I'm mm-hmm. not like actively going through people's stuff because. I have too much stuff to do during the day that I just find that that's like a time suck. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Facebook for sure. I, I I don't think I would do anything because I love shutting my phone off. Yeah. Like there's one basically around the 4th of July every year. Yeah. You go like you go black. I, like I go black knows for, where you are. for three to four days. I shut my phone off and I don't ch- I don't touch it for four days. Like, I don't care. I, I remember this. Like, I think it was either this summer or last summer. But it I was, was like, 19, are I you didn't do a 20. dead? <laughs> yeah, I shut my phone off. And is there anxiety? I actually shut it off. And oddly, I feel at ease because I, I like make a rule for myself that I don't care what comes through my phone. Like, I don't. I don't care if like, so, I don't care if I get something and I have, because the problem is with our cell phones, I, you can't forward a text message mm-hmm. and you can't forward a voicemail that, that I know of. If you do people are listening, let me know. But like email, I could forward my email. Or I could put an away message. You can't yeah. do it on self, like cell phone. You can for the voicemail, uh, but you can't for text messages, which yeah. is something that Apple needs to get. Apple needs to have an away message for text. Mm-hmm. And then they also need, um, they also need a way that you can read the text and flag it as unread. Like, you know, you can read an email oh. and then flag it as unread again. Yep. Yep. So it notifies you. Like if you text me and I read it, there's no way. Now you can pin stuff to the top. Yeah. I haven't Which, enjoyed that. But you can't actually, f- like, I wish I could just read it and swipe it again just to show unread. Yeah. So then if I'm doing stuff, all of a sudden now it becomes almost like a message thread. Like, okay, I got five people I got to text back. Yeah. I've read it and it's not something I have to respond to, but maybe I responded to them and I flagged it because it's like a to-do now. Like, can you get me this? Okay, perfect. Yeah. Because I, instead, I just take screenshots of everything uh-huh. and I just litter my email with screenshots that I, I email to myself. <laughs> So you'll text me something, I'll take a screenshot of it, email it to me, and then when I get to my computer, I'll just go through and it will remind me, oh, that's right, I had to get this for Hannah. See, my brain does not work like that. I've, my, my brain doesn't re- remember anything, so that's why I do it. 
but I never, I very rarely don't do what I say I'm going to do because that's my system. I just will screenshot the conversation or text or email myself a note from, if you talk to me on the phone, I would email what you said to myself. So I look at it later. See, you found a system that works. I'm still working on finding a system. That can't be my system because <laughs> I hate email. So it's just like that. Can't. Well, whatever the system is, one of my one of my fears is not responding to someone, not responding, but not doing what I say I'm going to do because I hate people that say they're going to do something. Mm-hmm. And I take someone at face value. If you say you're going to do something, I expect you to do something. Not that like, but I just say, if you, if you tell me you're going to do it, I just trust that you're going to do it. I'm like, okay, that, like you said, you're going to do it. I figure you just stick with your word and do it. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of people do that. So like when someone says something to you and you're like, they're like, I'll do it. I'm like, great. And then you find out they don't do it. I'm like, hey, remember that thing you told me? Oh yeah, I, told, I forgot about it. I'm like, so you didn't like write it down or you didn't put it or like you'll have like an appointment and I'll put it in my calendar and then I'll be like, hey, you coming? I'm like, oh, I totally forgot to mark it down on my calendar. I'm like, okay, like. It, it is what it is. I can't change it. So it's like, how do I react to it? And then you just, okay, whatever. But yeah. like, if you give me something to do, it's going in my, if you told me right now, Hey Galen on July 19th from two to four, um, I need you for this. Yeah. Perfect. It's in my calendar and it won't move. And in July 19th from two to four, I will show up wherever it has to be at two o'clock and I will do the thing. And but man, I haven't told you that in five months, but thanks for like, cause I yeah. just put it in my calendar. It just stays there unless someone tells me to cancel it yeah the calendar in my phone actually has been helping me out a lot with that because like if you do it with your phone your iphone on the calendar and you say you have a showing like you can put it in your phone and put the address of the showing in your phone and then it tells you what time you need to leave too <laughs> what, what what calendar do you use it's just the one that comes on the iphone so i had the iphone one and then i said screw that so i went to the, 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 uh, G-Man, the google google calendar. calendar which is way better yeah, I can't get myself into that. Right now, the, I'm just, just focusing on this one. So I used it for many years. Then I switched it because I could take the Gmail one or the Google Calendar one. I could sync it up with my email and I could sync it up yeah. with our top producer. So now I only have one email because I used to put I used to put things in both email. Like I'd, I'd physically go in and put them into both calendars. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I can just do everything from my phone or computer and it's automatically just going to show up. Yeah. And I love it because now I don't think about it. Like I, there's times I like have a task to do. And I'll just put it in my calendar. It'll pop up and I'll see it when I get back to the office. I'm like, oh, great. We're good to go. Mm-hmm. You'd probably really like a Google phone, even though. No, screw that. We're going Apple. But I know, um, but you'd probably like it. But, but I also color cord my <laughs> calendar, which which stresses people out. But the color coding draws my eyes to certain things. Yeah. So like when you show a house in my calendar, it's yellow. Oh, okay. So I can, so it doesn't mess with the rest of my colors, but I can see a yellow thing sticking out or like if Nick's. Like if Nick has something for the day, she'll put something in there. So I know that she's not like she's gone that time. Yep. But then it notifies me when I see it. Like it's not really something I have to do, but it notifies me of the people that are either doing something for me or have like, or I have like a, we have like a direct report to each other that I know what they're doing. And it's just like a clues me in on it. So I think the Google calendar would be a good thing, Hannah. Probably. You got to think about that. Now, um, now into running. Why do you run? Why do I run? Yeah. Um, well, really, it's like the, it's kind of like the only thing, like nobody, I like to run because it's like, no, you don't need much equipment and it's like still a full body workout and you can go as fast or slow as you want. You can go uphills, downhills. I like running on the road because like, I honestly do like seeing 
cars. Like I like running by things. You run on the right side of the road. I run the correct on, side of the road, not yeah. right side. The correct side. Yes, I run on uh, against I, traffic. The amount of people, <laughs> if I'm driving at night, if it's at night and you can't see anybody, nine out of ten times we're going down the wrong side of the road. Yeah. And like, how, why? Like, I don't know. And, and maybe they don't know. I don't know. But I'm like, dude, you're gonna get hit. My biggest fear is like, yeah, somebody driving by me and them thinking that I'm an idiot for running on the wrong side of the road. So I never run on the wrong side of the road because I don't want. I would them judge to think you I'm an idiot. if somebody's running on the wrong side of the road. I instantly judge that person, yeah. and not because I care they're running on the wrong side of the road. I'm just like, you're gonna get hit. Yeah. Or you, the chances you get hit are greater. Mm-hmm. Please run on the right side so you can see cars approaching you. Yeah. W- one way that I always always remember is my watch is on my my left. So my watch is always on the inside of the road. So it always faces traffic. This, no, no, my watch is always gonna face like a side, like the uh, somebody's house or something. This arm's always gonna be facing a road because the car is gonna go like, you know what I'm saying? Well, it depends which way you're running. Down a road, any way down a road, you're always. But you're saying you're saying in order to run against traffic, it has to point away this from the hand house. is gonna be. Not if you're going against traffic. Yeah. Because you could run with traffic and it's facing the other way. But I would not run with traffic. Okay. So, okay. So I think I, I follow that. Yeah. It, there's a system you have. Yeah. it's This, hand, <laughs> this hand's always not going to ever get hit by a car. This hand could get hit by a car. <laughs> and that's fine because there's no whatever you have. No watch <laughs> on that hand. Um, so you've done one marathon, right? Yeah. Unfortunately, I tried to do two, but the second one got canceled. Thanks COVID, right? Yeah. Thank you. Um, so how was the first marathon? Like I've never run a marathon. Full disclosure, I have no desire ever to run a marathon. So I will live vicariously through you. But how was the marathon? How was that? Every time I think about the marathon that I did, I, I get so happy because it's, it felt really like my birthday. Like that whole experience felt like my birthday. Like, <laughs> my birthday. There you go. Okay. Um, it what happened June 6th, June 9th. Night that happened and of uh, 2019, and the thing is, I wanted to do a marathon before I turned 20 years old, so I did it when I was 19. Um, like the other accompli- accomplishment that I had with running was I wanted to run a half marathon before I graduated high school, so I did that as well. I did the Plattsburgh half and then the Lake Placid full marathon. Um, but so training, if I were to be doing the marathon again, I did like a 16 week training schedule Mm -hmm. so basically uh i would work my way up and the furthest i'd run before the marathon was 20 miles and then you kind of just had to imagine the six extra miles on the day of the marathon but yeah so furthest i ran was 20 miles for the training days and then you do that pretty much four weeks before the marathon but every week like your sunday run increases by like a mile or two so you start off with six and then end up at 20 and then four weeks later you're at 26 um i did it in five hours in one minute and um it was it it was honestly like the the greatest feeling of my of my life (laughs) but uh yeah so the day of the race i did it in lake placid um i was lucky enough my parents like made it easy so they got a hotel room there and um i was just like surrounded by people that all wanted the same thing some people were wearing the half marathon bibs i was wearing the full and it i the first time i stopped running was at mile 20 
And that that was the longest I ever ran without stopping. So uh, I already felt good about that. But it was weird. Like all of a sudden when I was in the race, like I was worried about my mindset mostly. And somehow during the race, it it was totally fine. Like I was worried that my mindset was was going to go bad and it never went bad. So can you listen to music during the race? Yeah. So I oh, you can. Okay. Yeah. I listened to music for like the first four miles and then I went straight to podcasts Really? And I okay. listened to Gary Vee the whole time. Really? Yeah, because I was used to doing that. So I was like, I had a plan. I was like, I'm going to get pumped up for the first like four miles. And then I'm going to go straight to podcasts and just like listen to it and relax. And that's what I did. And then I think at mile 20, I ended up calling my dad just to talk to him. But I was like still running. And then by by the end of it, I mean, I and yeah. So it was it was really like the best day of my life. <laughs> <laughs> that race was the best day of my life. And then after like all you have to do is just like go to the bathroom and you go to the bathroom and then you go home. And Did then... you pee at all during the race? Um, no, there was a point where I thought I had to, but I didn't. I wore a backpack on my back the whole time, like one with a, with a bladder, like mm-hmm. a, for water. Because that's also what I was used to. So I'd say for anybody that wants to do one, just like train how you are gonna run the race how you trained run it exactly how you trained and you'll be fine is there water stations i'm assuming there's water there's stations. water stations yeah and it was also the hottest day in lake placid that day too so i was hurting because of that but they had like hoses and people would spray you with water and it was awesome because <laughs> i was sweating did uh <laughs> do you eat at all during it i had a couple oranges during the race did yeah. you put that in your backpack no i ate them I know that, but oh, like, they they give you them. Oh, okay. I didn't know if like you have to stock before because I know like Iron Man and stuff. A lot of them they'll put stuff on their bike and yeah. Um, where'd you go to eat after? I didn't. I didn't eat anything. Like, what? Yeah. No, I was not hungry. Like I don't know. It's a really strange feeling when you run for five miles straight. Like you're not hungry after. I would just crush whatever. Maybe not right when you're done because I'm the same thing. I have a hard time eating after I like work out yeah. or like playing sports. I never like to eat right after. Yeah. You're like so not hungry, but then the next couple of days you're just like starving. And Wait, like, <laughs> what time was the race at? What time did you finish? Um, I, well, I the race was started around like eight thirty, and then ends five hours later. So I want to say like around one, I was like done. So like dinner, you weren't hungry by dinner. I I don't, I can't like remember. by dinner. I'd be like, give me everything. <laughs> like, give me the menu. I think I I probably sp- I think I laid on the couch the whole day and just had things brought to me because I was so tired. Did you go straight home after? Yeah, I went home and then I sat in the hot tub and then I fell asleep like in like just fell asleep in my bathing suit on my bed because I was so exhausted. Just done. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know the now mentally is it hard mentally running for five hours? Yeah, like that's the thing I just don't. It, it becomes a complete mental game. Like <laughs> I've been thinking about meditation. Do you meditate at all? Um, I've tried it before. Um, sometimes like. The only reason that I would like meditate or like try to like center myself and bring myself back to like who I like where, like focus on the moment is only like after like say I come over to your house after like my whole entire day of working and all I can think about is like what I just did at work. Like I'll go into the bathroom and just be like I'm here now so I'm going to focus on this right now and like everything else I can put away. That's like my form of meditating is bringing it back to the present 
I'm just thinking, like, I've tried, like, the Headspace stuff. This was a couple years ago. This is more than that, probably three years ago. I, I just had a hard time, like, shutting down for 10 minutes, and it's tough because it's like, don't think. So yeah. every time a thought came in, like, if something comes in your head, just try to, like, and the guy was like, acknowledge that the thought is coming into your head. Now, just get rid of the thought. I mean, he said it a little more eloquent than that. Yep. But it was the idea of, like, if a thought comes in, like, acknowledge the thought, be like, I'm having a thought, <laughs> and then push the thought out. Like, and focus on your, like, I think it was like focus on your breathing. Yeah. So I try to focus on nothing. I literally try to just picture just blankness, like nothing. And then if something, a thought comes in, which is literally like once every five to 10 seconds, then I'm like, okay, focus (laughs) off that. So then I'm like, okay, focus on your breathing. Like focus on something that is not like a thought. I go through 10 minutes. I literally just sit there and I'm just like, ah, I'm thinking about this. Stop. Like just stop (laughs) thinking about something. I have the hardest time now. I, I I get it. It's a skill you have to learn. Yeah, it's hard, man. I, I <laughs> I've I've thought about it. Of course, I like reading books and listening to audio books of like successful people. I always like or high achievers. Like I like reading. But and, what was your goal with meditating? Like, what did you want out of that? It's to quiet my mind. It's so I because I I think all day long. Like I think yeah. about very rarely do I just sit down and just don't do a thing. Yeah. Or sit down and just let my mind just be like mush. Mm-hmm. I have a hard time watching TV. Like I can't. Like when people are like, oh, watch TV or like watch a movie and just sit there and watch. Like I can't. I'm just like fidgety. <laughs> I'm like I should be doing this. I'm like working on my computer. I'm looking stuff up on my phone. I can't get through a, I can't get through a movie without looking up stuff on my phone. Really? Just researching stuff. Yeah. Random stuff. Mm-hmm. Something will happen in the movie. It'll like clue me. I'm like, oh, I wonder how that works. Next thing you know, I'm Googling how it works. Um. <laughs> Actually, we, we put on, it was funny, we, we put on a documentary yesterday on Britney Spears. Yeah. And, which, partly because she came to, like, you know who Britney Spears is? Yes. Okay. So she came, like, to, like, like pop icon status when I was in school. So she was a big deal. Yeah. And we were watching this documentary, and it kind of went through everything, and kind of, like, her upbringing, and then her, like, rise to fame, and then kind of, like when things kind of like crapped out and people were like, she's gone crazy. And then when she kind of like readjusted and you kind of look at it, well, I'm kind of doing like a quick aside here, but like you looked at that, like I felt bad for the, her because she just, she, I think was like this sweet girl that came from like a small town and there's so many people wanted like access to her. And honestly, like the paparazzi, she was like the paparazzi, like magnet. Magnet, and I think honestly, way more. Maybe I don't know. I don't follow pop stuff. I don't know Kardashian people. They probably have a lot, but she was always one that was just like tabloids and paparazzi, and you just see like video of her like just trying to walk. And at one scene, it was her and a friend. They were both sitting down at the table to eat. Mm-hmm. We like me and you sitting at the table here at a diner, and there's probably like twenty cameras. They're all just, like literally people are on the edge of the table taking photos of them, and they're sitting there to have dinner. <laughs> And I'm like, I couldn't even imagine. So like going crazy, like I, I could kind of see that when yeah. you have no, you have no privacy. Yeah. I can't even imagine. Like you can't just like walk down the street without people chasing you with the camera. It's like, dude, like I, I'm trying to eat dinner here, man. Like, and, uh, but I couldn't go through the whole movie. And then I started go- going on Wikipedia and looking up Britney Spears. And then I started reading. I'm like, oh, I remember that. So then I clicked on this and that brought me to that. And that brought me to that. And next thing you know, I'm like five things down in a rabbit hole looking at, some random person has nothing to do with Britney Spears. It's just like, it's like the degrees of separation kind of thing. So like I look at her and then all of a sudden it goes to like 
TRL. So I click on, oh, I love TRL. Click on TRL. <laughs> and then it's like Carson Daly. Carson Daly's on Today Show now, but he was on TRL. Like, what's Carson Daly's life like? And you go through, like, oh, wow, he interviewed this singer. What are they doing now? Now I'm at that singer. Now I'm at something. Like, this is where I go. I go into dark holes on, on the on the Wikipedia web. You're like I just, what the internet thrives for. Like, people like that. <laughs> and meanwhile, the the TV's on them, yeah. and then, like, Gino would be like, oh, wow. I'm like, why? Wow, what happened? I'm like, I'm literally reading about, like, <laughs> Machu Picchu in Peru. Don't ask me how Britney Spears got me to Machu Picchu, but it happened. And that's i i can't follow i just so meditation for me would just be to not think and just completely just space out yeah like when i when i like shut my phone off for the, like during the summer that is my i'm checked out mm-hmm. checked out present whatever you want to call it i'm literally just hanging out with friends just relaxing it's sunny it's nice if i want to go swimming if i want to just hang out if i want to you know have a beer with some friends i can do it and not have to think and it's just the greatest Cause like nobody needs me ever. And I can just feel like I'm just like there. I'm just like hanging out. I'm like, I'm just like doing, I have no responsibilities right now. But you also know like the date that you're going to pick your phone back up too. So that's probably like, Oh, I'll check it that day. So you like, get yeah, I mean, it's reassured. I, uh, I'll have to show you it. I took a screenshot when I turned my phone off mm-hmm. on, I, I remember turning it on and I put it on the count, like I put it like on this table or something. I turned it on and I checked it in two hours because it like gave it time to like catch up with all the messages and I'll have to find it. It was pretty disturbing the amount of like messages I got. Not bad messages, but I mean like just yeah. the mixture of calls, texts, emails. And granted, this was during, I remember this happening. It was from midday, it was from Wednesday at four o'clock to like late Sunday. So I had Saturday, Sunday, Thursday was a Thursday. Thursday was 4th of July. So the night before 4th of July for now like four or five o'clock at the end of a business day, the holiday, a random like one day before the weekend and two weekend dates. And I had all those. And I'm like, it it was during a week. I'm like, nobody's doing anything on 4th of July. And uh, yeah, it it was. And and again, I don't mind stuff, but it was just when things are going because your just mind's running because you're constantly doing stuff that it's just to shut completely down is so difficult. (laughs) Yeah, probably somewhere from me and like, I think I, I remember and I almost thought, <clears throat> I was like, is he upset with me? Like, why is he ignoring me? <laughs> During that time? Yeah. I was upset with you, actually. Was you? Were you? Oh, I didn't have my phone on hand. <laughs> no, I, I uh, well, that's the thing. I always get nervous. Not like, I, if you text me, I don't care because like, not I do care, but like, I don't care because you understand like, okay, like if I told you where it was, you'd be like, oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Like if I have clients who are like 12 hours later, Kevin responded to me, like, screw you. And I'm like. Dude, I shut my phone off literally like four days in the year. Like I get stuff on Christmas Day. Like I get stuff on Christmas Day. And I'm like, I, I literally get stuff every day of the year. Let me have my phone off for a couple days of the year just to completely check out. And it's great. I feel so much better. Um, yeah, but it's wild. So Hannah, tell us about switching gears from running meditation. Now TikTok. TikTok. How many views are you up to on your viral video? I have one viral video and I'm up to like 410,000 views. 410? Yeah. Really? <laughs> last, when she told me, last time you showed me it was like 110. I know now. I thought you were going to be like, it's at 120. No, 410,000 views. Out of the 410,000, how many requests have you had for work? A lot. Probably like 10 to 15. And they all have went... Wait, on. 10 to 15 what? Or like people asking for prices 
Or, but the thing is, I haven't found a good way to ship things yet. So, like, I thought I, you said you had like forty-five people in the first hundred thousand. Forty-five comments. Oh, those weren't people that wanted orders. Yeah, I mean, there was forty-five comments, but there was—I mean, there's there's a bunch of comments on there asking me for things. But the thing is, I don't know how on TikTok you can respond to the person. Like, you have to press the at symbol, but then you have to type in their whole entire username, and that was just a lot for me. And plus, like, I cannot make that many things for people and i also cannot ship a six foot like 50 pound piece of wood to you across the country so i don't know like well you can just get charged some shipping i know i just don't i don't i'm yeah, not there yet like this is more i'm i'm focusing first on like my town you know finding people in in the area that want it and then like figuring out a way to go do you think that video hits a mill no Five hundred thousand. Yeah, maybe, but not. I mean, right now it's at four hundred and ten thousand. So huh. that's pretty good. Yeah, and all I'm doing is like literally paint. And people have asked me for tutor- tutorials on how to make it, and that like they're asking me all these questions, but I just I'm not. I'll like the comment, but I don't know how. I, I don't know. Yeah. I. <laughs> and I've just I put my website on there, and like through my website. You can click on my website and then scroll down and at the bottom of it, it says if you want to put in an inquiry or inquiry or whatever mm-hmm. you say, and then people, it goes straight to my Gmail. So then I can reach out to people there. Are people doing that? Yeah. How many, how many people have emailed you? Yeah. That's probably the, the 10 to 15 people. Oh, okay. I, so people have gone through that whole yeah. system. Um, I always look at if you have comments, try to re- respond to every comment. Yeah. Like, even if it sucks, like having to type all those out, I would still like. Like while you're watching a movie one night, just go through and type. I but, try. Well, I mean, if, if you know what I mean, like it's not, this isn't like a normal thing. This just like, if this happened like every day you were getting this, like, listen, I don't have two hours a day to go through stuff. But if you're like watching um, some show or whatever, just do it while you're doing that. Yeah. I don't really go on TikTok though. Yeah. So the video has 32,000 likes and 107 comments. And I started off TikTok with. That day when I posted it, I had like 130 people following it. And now I have 1,076 people following my TikTok. So There you go. I grew like good 900 followers. And I also, um, yeah, had 107 comments and 32,000 likes. How, how often are you posting? On TikTok, I've been now posting probably like two or three videos a week. But nothing's doing like what that video did. So... Because I don't know the algorithm of TikTok, but like there's things that could just pop. Yeah. Well, I, it depends a lot on the sound and like the sound you use. I don't, I never use hashtags. So I think a lot of it was going based off the sound and then also that I was painting something in like a satisfying sped up way. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, it was the content and then you put it in the platform that people would resonate with that content. Because mm-hmm. you got to think most people on TikTok are going to be trending younger mm-hmm. so it makes sense like you're right probably in like the mean uh, or median or of mean of of ages. all the people that do yeah yeah um no i think it's great i think you just you gotta get more like just consistent on like actively posting on it if you know that's like what is working for you mm-hmm. like me like my next thing is not tiktok like it's we've, youtube like, no yeah youtube but definitely youtube over that's the that's the one i want to start doing more on but um, it's the editing. It's like the time I had a video I shot on Monday. It was just a quick video. You I didn't shot it yourself. Yeah. It was just the, the market update. It took me like, f- 
I shot it on a Monday. It took me to the following Monday, I think, to post it. Really? It was almost a week later because I didn't have time to edit it. And I didn't even get to edit the way I wanted to. I did it. I edited it as quick as possible. I literally was like, let me just cut it in about 10 minutes yeah. um, versus I would have taken more time to make it like a little more professional looking. Um, but I didn't have the time. So I was like, screw it. Just put it out because it, that's the hardest thing for me right now is doing the extra. Um, the editing is so hard. Yeah. It's so hard. The, the shooting's not bad. The, making the ideas and stuff's not bad. But yeah. to actually put together a quality video mm-hmm. with the editing like you have to really focus on i just don't have the time to do it because yeah like if i leave like then it becomes like kid central i just don't do anything like my once i leave and i get home i there's not a lot i really can do yeah and so then it's like doing it during the work day but the work day is just so chaotic that's why i'm trying to really hack my time to leverage my time for like the, the podcast is easy because the podcast, I can edit and upload the podcast really fast. Mm-hmm. And Jordan was editing. Nick's done a couple of them, but it's kind of screwed up on the computer she has. So mm. it's sometimes easier for me just to like rip it through real quick. And it only takes me like 15 minutes from start to finish. Mm-hmm. Uh, but editing picture is way more difficult. Yeah. Like, th- like this could be up literally before my next meeting if I wanted to. Yeah. You know, but um, I don't know. That's, that's the most difficult part. But um, so Hannah, what is your most... What are the thing you're let's go over goals. What are your aspirations at this point in your life? Like what is there anything that you wanna do, want to accomplish, want to um continue? I mean, is there like have you thought about what you wanna do at at your age? Yeah, I mean I would say I'm kind of at a a point where it's like I don't have any more like things to beat by a milestone and probably some people would argue that but because I've now graduated college turned 21 and graduated high school like I don't know like what my next thing is really but in terms of like but those are those were all things put there by like my parents that are like hey you got to accomplish these things so now it's like kind of more up to me of the things that I want to get done um I mean, in terms of real estate, like I, I would obviously like love to um, get to what Kavanaugh's capping thing is mm-hmm. um, and reach goals in terms of like um, the like what rank I am of realtor in the Clinton County um, list. Mm-hmm. And I would say, I mean, something that I've always just wanted to do is like buy purchase of house and then um like fully design it myself and like do do the work like do floors do like a renovation yeah i think that's like something that i would just really like to do is like a full renovation of like a house and make it like how i want to do it and then which is kind of like a weird goal to have because i guess it's it's I think the that goal would just like make me happy and that's why I want to do it. And then um, probably just to like, I would like to like get a dog and that's about it. <laughs> get a dog. Pretty low key. Get, get, yeah, I think my goals are pretty low key, honestly. Like get, like somehow find a situation where like, I'm like, I feel like I'm the type of person where I'm like never truly like satisfied and I'm like, but I think that's how a lot of people's brains work is just like, human brains are like never really satisfied like they're always 
they always have what they have, but then want what they don't have. So I would like to get into a point where I have like a lot of self actualization mm-hmm. and like um, fully understand myself in and out as well as being happy exactly where I am. Yeah, I well, I agree. I agree like the mind, there's different, well, people always want certain things like everybody wants, I want to, you know, be here, do that. I think a lot of people you have to, it's not just like wanting something. It's easy to say you want something. If you say like, I want to run a marathon, easy to say, I can say I want to run yeah. a marathon, but like one, you have to believe it. Yep. Two, you actually have the have to have the belief and vision that you can do it. Mm-hmm. And then you got to put in the work to do it. So the thing that I always... I don't really look at people that have opinions on stuff. I don't, not opinions, but if somebody says, if you were to come in and say, I want to be the greatest realtor in the world. Like, okay, great. Like, that's cool. Like, okay. <laughs> but then if I, I see you like talk about it and then your actions are showing that, it doesn't mean you have to accomplish it, but if your actions and the way you carry yourself and the way you're working towards it, I'm like, okay, like she's doing some stuff that makes me, believe that she like she actually does want to do it mm-hmm. like perfect example when i uh my when i first first got in the business i wanted to be the number one agent and i spent probably four to five years being like i want to be the number one agent but not really putting in the work or putting in the level that i had to to become that yeah um it was kind of like i, I said it I believed I could do it. I kind of had a vision to do it, but my actions weren't really backing it up. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't that I didn't see it happening. And I, I, I knew it was uh, like visually or visualizing it. I knew I could do it and I knew I would do it. But I remember having a thought probably around 23 or so. I remember thinking in my head, I'm like, you want to be the number one agent. And now you have like six years to do it or seven years to do it. And you're really not doing anything to like, stand out and make yourself do that mm-hmm. and i remember thinking i'm like you got to figure something out here like because what you're doing now you'll never do it and i remember i was very I, i'm a i'm a very like my self-talk is very honest to myself um good and bad like i actually am very positive i don't have a lot of negative self-talk i have more positive but i also am not blindly positive meaning yeah. like i can i'm aware if i'm not doing something correctly and i'm like you know what you're just like i don't i don't know like like put myself down but i just like in my head i'm like no you're not doing what you should be doing to do that like if you really want to do it then this is what you you know what you have to do yeah just being disciplined and doing that work that's the kind of stuff that i i shifted and i started working actually putting in the actions to do what i wanted to do and then i got to where i wanted to be yeah so now i'm looking at okay where do i want to go from here like where do i want what's the next decade you know or so of my career and I, not even decade, I have more of, it's more five year, not really 10 year, but I have like a five year vision now. It's like, okay, what do I want to accomplish in five years? So what are my actions having to do in five years? And I found that at the start of this year, um, and really only the last probably three, four weeks, I've really turned a page and said, okay, I'm really focusing on these things. Mm-hmm. And part of that is like you starting to cover more of my showings. Like that's part of what I need to have happen mm-hmm. is I have to slowly kind of, you know, work my schedule around where I can help those clients, but I don't necessarily have to show them the house because I mean, real estate, 90% of real estate I find is not even the house. It's, it's, it's the, 
it's the general theme of the house. It's uh, the general theme of the, of the way real estate works. It's not necessarily the actual house you're dealing with. Mm-hmm. Um, like the houses, it's like that house to that house. It's the same concept. How to, I mean, for the most part, how to sell. It's like they're like 90% similar. Yeah. There's probably a very small difference between a house in the city and a house out in West Jay-Z. And one's a, one's a ranch and one's an old style home. Mm-hmm. Okay. I've seen both of them. I've seen both those areas. I know exactly what house it is. Like I don't really need to be at the house with the client and I can do 90 plus percent and nine out of the 10 rest of the percent is a phone call away if I need, if I really need that information. Yeah. Very rarely am I going to get to a point where I'm like, oh my God, I should have really went to the house and looked at it. It <laughs> hasn't yet to cross my, or yet, yet to happen. So for me, the leverage I get from that time is, is very valuable you're going to get to the point where you won't be able to do that. Like you won't be doing this for years and years and years yeah. for me because you're going to get to the point where you have all your stuff to deal with mm-hmm. and that's fine. Like then I go, okay, what's the next one? And I'm hoping at that point I'm in a different, I'm focusing on other things in the company and not that. Mm-hmm. And that's the, but that's the growing that's as I grow. Um, so I'm trying to put focus on where I should, where's my time best allocated. Yeah. But that comes back to like the action part of it. You seem like someone that is taking action. Like when you tell me what you want to do, I'm like, okay, I, I see you here. I see you like doing stuff. You know, I follow you obviously on social media and, and, you know, and having conversations, obviously not in podcast land, but just, you know, if you're in my office talking about something like you, you have like, it seems like you have a direction. Yeah. It seems like when you, when you tell me something, you've thought through it and you have a focus and you have at least a path that you want to go down. Mm Mm-hmm. Do you spend a lot of time thinking about that? Yeah. I would, like, like, I just am very, I do spend a lot of time, like, thinking about the things that I want to do. And then when I kind of, like, bring the idea to you, it's kind of, like, the, the, the final form of my own idea. And then I kind of, like, ask for input back. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Yeah, I'll spend a lot of time like just thinking about things that I want to do and um and and most of the things it it comes like mainly from like a passion, like if I'm passionate about like I'm passionate about creating a space that I'm comfortable in, so that's what I'm going to do. I'm passionate about like um really just like working for myself, so like that's what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. And then like once I found find how I'm going to do it like I enjoy people I would actually say I'm an like an extroverted people and that I get my energy from other people so actually like being around like clients or like people in the office actually just like makes me happier Mm -hmm. so that helps a lot and as long as I like get I don't I don't have like exact goals and like numbers of things that I want to get done anymore like I just feel like as unless probably it's gonna happen where like I do come up with like a set of like real hard goals then I'll then I'll like work towards them but like at the moment I I don't know what my hard goals are I just like kind of have like more soft goals um I am looking to make some I just don't know where to no, start no it's fine I, th- yeah. I think a lot of goals I when I talk at the beginning of the year when I was talking about, okay, how are, how are our goals going to be? What is going to be our themes of our goals? Yeah. And like, I, I, I mean, you know this, I like one, three, five, 10, 20 and 30 year goals. And again, people are like, Oh, well 10, 20, 30 year goals. Those are, that's dumb. Like why? I'm like, well, no, I don't. My 30 year goal is not 
like my one year goal has a metric on it, has a number. It's tangible. It's a tan- it's it's something that I can see, measure, track. Mm-hmm. My three year goal and my five year goal might be the same. Yeah, roughly. Um, my 10, 20, and 30-year goals, and as you go farther down the road, like 30 is more theme-generated. Mm-hmm. It's like, what do you want to... What's kind of the general theme of what you want to accomplish? Yeah. The details... I got 30 years to figure out the details. And like, even a three-year goal, I got... Or five-year goal, I have three to five years to figure out details. Like, like when I was talking about what I wanted to do, did I know that Hannah Wilson would reach out to us in... August of 2018. No. No, didn't know who you were. Did I think that we were going to start having people reaching out? And did I think that people were going to start um, coming to our company and start growing with our company? Yeah. 100%. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you ask me what's the theme now going forward, we will get like one of my fears in this. And I, I remember telling Aaron this. This was a couple... God, 2017 we met. This was probably the end of 2017. Uh, yeah, end of 2017. And uh, I remember talking with him. And this was when we only had like seven people in the office. Six or seven. It was really small. And I go, oddly enough, because I could kind of see where things were going and I knew what I was going to do and I could kind of see the steps with being years down the road. And I remember telling him, like, I think we're... There's a possibility we grow too fast. Mm-hmm. And it's weird to say when you aren't growing at all. Yeah. But I could see, like, but I, I remember thinking in my head, like, I got a plan for where we are now. I'm like, okay, I know what we're going to do is going to work. I know it's going to pay off. There's going to be a point where we're just going to grow too fast. And I got to now start figuring out ways to handle the growth that I've been anticipating for the last three years. And we're starting to hit it. Mm-hmm. And that's right now why I'm shifting gears to stuff. When I, I couldn't two years ago. I couldn't a year and a half ago. Now I'm to the point where I'm like, okay, now we, I can see, I got to do, I, I have to do a shift. I have to do just kind of like a, mm-hmm. a step to the side and then a step up. Like I get to the next rung on the ladder mm-hmm. and I have to move some things around and reallocate time and reallocate focus and reallocate responsibilities to free me up to do that next thing. But I'm doing it because it's for the growth of the company that I can see. So a lot of the stuff that I'm thinking about is I'm really doing a big shift now. And a lot of it relies on other people. Like I'm, it's not just myself. Like you're like, we've had conversations before, like you're a pivotal part of what I would call like a long-term plan. And, and you know, no, again, what's the details? What is, what is Hannah's title going to be in 10 years from now? I don't know exactly. I know roughly where I want her to be and kind of what direction and what level of, or what I want your responsibilities to be. But am I going to know the exact thing, time, date, place? No. Like, I don't know. Is it going to be this office? I, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, those little things will figure themselves out. Mm-hmm. It's the general theme you're working towards. And, like, for me, it's people. And it's for me, it's, lo- like, location being the North Country. But I think at some point I'll have – I think things could grow out of the North Country. Mm-hmm. And that's not just real estate. That I think is other stuff that I could get involved in. And that's things that I really focus on on the long term but then trying to get the – what I call like A players that I think are going to grow into the role. And, you know, I've had people I've, I've mentioned you and they're like, oh, she's awful young. I'm like, trust me, at 20, I know where I was at 20 and I've gotten to here by 30 and where you are at 20 or 21 now, but where you were at 20 yeah. blew my 20 year old, 20 years out, 20 year old self out of the water. 
mm-hmm. in just where your mind's at, but not only where your mind's at, but like the experience you've already gathered. And I also look at the connections you have at your age were way beyond what I had. It wasn't mm-hmm. close. And that's great. And so I look at someone like you, like you're, you're going to grow so much over the next 10 years that like, if we did this when you're 30, if you're like, Hey, Gail, I just turned 31, you turn my age. You're going to like the conversation is going to be totally different. Yeah. Like when you're 30 and I'm 40, the conversation is going to be totally different. And this like, and I'm pumped because I can't wait to see what that looks like, but it's gonna be fun <laughs> to look back on that. And you're gonna be like, Oh my God, I sound like such a dweeb. Like it's gonna be pretty funny, but, um, I don't know. I just think you have to think big and you have to have belief in yourself and you have to have a vision and the vision doesn't have to be, you know, you don't have to have the exact wording and phrasing and numbers and, you know, things involved but you have to know where you're going Mm -hmm. and think things happen like it's kind of like the law of attraction Mm -hmm. like things happen like you came in there's other people that came in there's people that will continue to come in and there's relationships i've met with people and and grown friendships and everything else that were not here three years ago because i focused on positivity and mindset and stuff like that those people just naturally gravitate towards that yeah very rarely do like negative people get attracted to with to me yeah and and it's great because i don't want that i want like positive people and i find that i i draw positive people in and then they i get drawn to them and then it just becomes this like catalyst for even yeah. more growth for everybody so it's mm-hmm. just cool so um hannah before we get into our second podcast of the day <laughs> Is there anything else you want to tell people? Um, any any knowledge, any nuggets, any like special like words of wisdom from a twenty one year old? Maybe yeah. young kid, younger kids yeah. are listening to this because okay. I'm sure you're you're you're. Uh, I'm sure people look at you as a role model. Like kids around your age and even younger look at would look at you as a role model. Like kids that would probably know you and are a few years younger than you probably really look up to you. Yeah, I would say like if if you're thinking about like either either going with something that's super secure or going something with, that's going to challenge you a little bit more, but you're more passionate about the thing that's going to challenge you, I would say just a hundred percent go go towards the thing that's going to challenge you, not towards some security thing that won't make you actually happy and but like truly think about it and like talk about it with your friends your family and like and evaluate yourself and see if you are really the type of person that would succeed in this in this sort of challenging situation and then go with it (laughs) that's all i would say that's good yeah like bet on yourself and just go for it yeah no i think that's great um hannah if anybody wants to reach out to you for real estate or for Woodland Art. You want you can give yourself a plug. Okay, my plug is my Instagram for real estate. Well, my Instagram is real estate underscore Hannah. Um, Woodland Art is just Woodland Art Shop, and then my email is Hannah Kavanaugh dash Realty dot com. Perfect. That was good. Good sign off, Hannah. Thanks. Um, okay, that's it. That's episode one seventeen of the Galen Trombley Show with Hannah Wilson. Thanks for listening to the Galen Trombley Show. If you want to reach me, you can go on Facebook at Galen Trombley, on Instagram at Galen Trombley, and on YouTube at Galen Trombley. The spelling, G-A-E-L-A-N-T-R-O-M-B-L-E-Y.